Welcome to Conversations with Buddy, coming to you live from the Rec Podcast Recording Studio here in Kaiser, Oregon. I'm excited to introduce you today's guest, Dean Brybaugh. Welcome, Dean. Thanks for having me. Dude, thanks for being on here, man. Well, we have lots to talk about today. I've known you for a decade or so, would you say? Ish, Give or take. Yeah, yeah. And we've gotten to know each other over time because we've had lots of coffee appointments and <laughs> we enjoy that. Yeah. So, well, here, I'm just going to do a quick intro to Dean. There's going to be more we'll talk about, but Dean is married to Bernice. They've got lots of kids. How many kids you got? Five. Five. How Three, many grandkids? Uh, six. I like it. Yeah. Those are good numbers. <laughs> And the grandkids are more fun than the kids. Is that, is uh, that true? Yes. <laughs> it's just a rumor. I've heard that's true. I don't know that to be the case. True statement. So Dean is an entrepreneur. I know that for a fact. Uh, he's an investor. Could be in cars, could be in houses, could be in whatever. I don't know. We'll talk about cryptocurrency maybe. Who knows? Hmm. He's an elite water skier. Probably a barefooter. Uh a rough barefooter. A rough barefooter, okay. <laughs> and you also have a ministry in his wakes. Is that true? Yeah, I'm part of a ministry in his wakes, yes. You're part of a ministry, okay. Yeah. Well, let's dive in real quick. What I learned about you this morning, because I stalked you a little bit on Facebook, even though we're Facebook friends we're, and we're obviously personal friends, I did not know you went to Silverton High School. Yeah, born and raised there. So when did you graduate from high school? 1985. Interesting. You're older than me. I don't know that hey, I do that. Hey, 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 hey. We, we need to cut that out of this part. I know. No, just <laughs> so I, I graduated in 86, so you are, so I'll, I'll, I'll probably guess you're around 55. Yeah, you probably flunked one of the grades. So <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so what? This is not about me, Dean. This is about yeah. you. All right. To a serious note, so you grew up in Silverton. So tell me about uh, maybe growing up in Silverton, small town, obviously. Yeah. What that looked like for you? Yeah, actually... Uh, I thought we had a, a great childhood, a great growing up. Uh, we had a couple acres in just right at the skirts, uh, the outskirts of Silverton. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it was a small town. I ride my bike through town, meet friends. We, you know, just ride our bikes all over the place. Didn't really do anything too mischievous. Uh, had a dad, did uh, carpentry, and uh, had what I thought was a pretty average middle-class lifestyle. So really enjoyed it. Yeah, I actually trying to get back to that uh, feel now. <laughs> so tell me why. Okay, that's an interesting. Well, little... uh, we actually I bought my parents' house that I grew up in back in two thousand. Lived there for about ten years, and then we thought, ah, we want to be closer to Salem, closer to our church, and my kids' as friends, and all that. So we moved to South Salem. Had a really nice house out out in uh, South Salem, but. I could throw a rock and hit every one of my neighbor's houses. Not that I did. <laughs> um, and I just, I grew up in with a couple acres, so that's kind of what I was longing to be back at, is a couple acres, have the grandkids now running and, and enjoying exploring on my property and, and not just wandering the streets when they come visit us or whatever. So... Yeah, so now we're we sold our house back in 2018 because I thought that was the peak of the market. Didn't we all? <laughs> uh, what four or five years later, and wow. uh, it's still climbing. And and so I left a few dollars on the table on that one. So uh, Ow. yeah, that hurt. Although I was happy when I sold it back then, so I was told to 
be happy then. Don't look at what you didn't get. Um, That's hard because, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and you see it now like totally mess up. I think a lot of people did, though. Yeah. You're not alone. And uh, it is what it is, though. You did what you did. You've moved forward. So, okay. So you and Bernice um, live a little different lifestyle, and I actually think it's pretty cool. Talk about that. Yeah. So I, I simply just call it living weird now because we sold our house 2018, like I said, and thinking in the next year or two, the market's going to correct itself and the house prices will come down because they were go- rising pretty quickly. Uh, and so we bought, sold the house, bought ourselves an RV, and we live out on a couple acres, which is what I want, but on someone else's property. They have an RV pad. So it's uh, it's pretty cool, but we thought, we'll just live through this for a couple of years and then buy a house. Well, it's what, four or five years later? Uh, the market is just continuing to go crazy. And so since it's just uh, ourselves, no children, it's kind of, it's actually quite uh, freeing. We have, don't have a big mortgage. Uh, we pay for where we're staying. Um, and, but it, you know, it's time, time's, time's up. I'm looking for, I'm heavily looking or, or eagerly looking for a piece of property that we can build. Um, Cause I want my own dirt again. It's, yeah. it's, there's something about having your own dirt, you know? Uh, and so, yeah. So, it, but this, this has allowed us to live and invest in uh, kingdom minded things versus ourselves trying to maintain a mortgage and insurance and, you know, car payments. We don't have any car payments or anything right now. So it, it's really quite freeing. You know, we're really debt free at the moment. And so it's, it, it feels good. I think that's, that's a great lesson because I would say probably a large percentage of Americans are maxed out on their mortgage, maxed yeah. out on car payments, maxed out on debt. And they probably have a different stress life than you do where, yeah, you want the dirt, you want to build your own home and you'll eventually get there, I believe. Mm-hmm. But right now you're living a debt-free life, so it's got to feel good. And we'll talk more about this because I want to see how that led you into some of your ministry. But take me back to high school real quick. What'd you do for sports in high school? I did all the sports, but it's funny. I did pretty much one and then move on, do one, move on. I didn't ever repeat a sport throughout the, my four years in high school. I played baseball, basketball, football, track, but I ended up, I, I don't know, I, I'm, a, I'm a team sport player. I, I, I enjoy it, but I'm more of an uh, individual sport person. That's why water skiing has really been something I've really grown to love. But uh, yeah, so, you know, and I was decent at all of them. It wasn't great, wasn't terrible, but I was decent. Yeah. So tell me about water skiing. So as a fellow water skier, I grew up on the lake too. I think you're definitely way better and way more avid. What caused you to be this avid elite water skier? Well, I, I grew up watching ESPN. They had the pro tour on TV. It was a big deal. Uh, thousands of people show up at the events and, you know, sponsored by Chevy and, and Budweiser and all this stuff. It was, and I grew up watching uh, that. And I just was like, and I, I grew up with family, friends that had boats. We never had a boat, but, and I'd go out and learn how to water ski. And then I was hooked. Once I learned that first time how to slalom ski, that was it. I, I went out and bought my own ski. What what age were you? I was about 12 or 13 okay. when I, uh, 
Yeah, I learned to slalom ski out at Lake Billy Chinook in Central Oregon. It's funny. So what was your first water ski? I'm a water ski guy too. So what was your first water ski? My first purchase was a Kidder Pro Graphite. The one that Carl Roberge, he was a professional water skier. He skied on that ski. He thought, well, if he skis on it, I need to get that ski. Of course, my ability wasn't quite where I (laughs) needed to be to use that ski, but that was my first ski. I'm actually trying to find that ski because I know the guy that bought it from me because I'd like to hang on the wall. (laughs) So cool. Yeah, I think my, for some reason... I bought a Joby water ski. I started when I was about 12 also. And I skied solo for probably for 10 or 12 years. Um, as I got married, then water skiing became less important for whatever reason. Yeah. But uh, but you continued to, to water ski that whole time? No. I, I Family came into play, and then, you know, it, it got put in the back burner all the way until about 2000 as I just started. Because my kids were getting the age where uh, – I didn't want them going out and hanging out with everybody else's family. I mean, that's fine. They could, but I want, I prefer that they brought their kids, their friends and hung out with us. And so in 2003, we bought our, our first boat together, my wife and I, so that, and, and the kids all brought their friends. And so it was awesome. It was exactly what I wanted to do. And, uh, at that point we went, I wandered across, I stumbled across a water ski tournament up in, uh, Southern Washington and, I watched them. It's like, that's it. I got to get back into this. And so then I started competing from there. And uh, yeah. Okay. What age were you when you started competing back into it? Uh, so late. How old was I in 2003? So it was so, 20, 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, so you were. So I was 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You weren't, uh, yeah, you weren't 12. Yeah, you, were 30, so I, you were 35 exactly. getting back into a game Yeah. that probably most professional Water skiers, I'm guessing they're probably in their 20s. Yeah. Late 20s, yeah. maybe early 30s. 30s. Uh, yeah. So there's, yeah. But uh, yeah. And so I, and obviously I just competed in the amateur uh, leagues yeah. around the area. And uh, ironically, uh, after a few years of doing it, I ended up number one in the state of Oregon and number two nationwide. Really? Now I say that in my age group, or not in my age group, but in my ability level. So that, that sounds impressive. It is impressive. And I could end it there and say, that's it, you know. But the backstory is, I was probably from amateur to professional. Um, I was about in the middle of that that gap because you competed with your ability group. So I was competing against guys that would fit inside this window of, uh, of talent. Uh, if you get too good, you move up to the next level. And so <laughs> saying I was number one in the state, I was number one in the state in my category. So it's it sounds cool, and it is cool. It was very cool. I enjoyed it. I loved it. I wasn't there for the 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 the, the hype. Or, I mean, not the hype, but the, the, the fame and the trophies and all that, because it was more just, it was a great family activity. All my kids competed, uh, wakeboarding, wake skating, uh, really, I yeah. did not know that. Yeah, and they were they were all pretty good at it, and so it was more an ability based event, and so yeah. Anyway, so you didn't do it just for you; you did because you loved it. But you got your kids involved, yeah. and they excelled at it too. And you could do it as a family. That was your family event. Yeah, so we competed in the INT League, which was a nationwide organization, and it was family oriented. We have potluck Saturday night, and it it was just a great 
time. And I, I definitely miss those days because that, that league has since dissolved and uh, people have moved on. And so, uh, How many years did you do that type of skiing? Uh, up until about 2018, I believe. You did that until our entire time? Yeah, yeah. For 15 years, roughly. Yeah, probably 12 to 15 years. Um, maybe not all the way to 18. It's, it's No one's asked me that question, so I hadn't thought about it. But that's about the time we sold our house. And I remember that was maybe a year or two before that, I guess, is when that league slowly started dissolving. So, yeah, maybe 2016-ish. So let's transition from the time of 18. You sold your home, you moved. Then there's this thing called ministry come along and an opportunity. So you and I were meeting a lot, you know, just trying to figure out what God was going to do in your life, what he wanted you to be about. So walk us through how you and Bernice kind of transitioned from that South Salem house to <laughs> life in a RV and on the road. Yeah, yeah. So tell us about that. Well, uh, actually, back in the water ski tournament days, I met a guy that he I, he was sitting next to his RV reading a Bible. And I was like, well, that's interesting. You don't see that every day, especially at a water ski tournament. Come to find out, Sunday mornings, they had a a, a, a quick little uh, lake church, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And he was the one that led that church on Sunday mornings. Our tournaments were Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday, so we would miss church. And so he filled in that gap of those that would like to be uh, present for church. So we got to be good friends. Uh, and come to find out, he was just starting out to be to work with Christy Overton Johnson. She's, Christy Overton was, was the number one skier, women's skier in the world for decades. And uh, it's she's like the Michael Jordan of water skiing. Mm. Um, she started a ministry called In His Wakes because uh, she wanted to keep sharing her passion for water sports and her passion for the Lord, and that's where this ministry was developed. Well, over time, I'd I'd help out and volunteer at local events when In His Wakes came through town because it's a nationwide organization. And uh, my wife kept saying, "I want to go on the road with In His Wakes. I want to go on the road with In His Wakes." I'm like. I'm just, I don't feel led to do that. So then fast forward, uh, 2017, 18, we decided we're going to sell our house. And so we sell the house, buy the RV, going to do that for about two years. Uh, and by the way, when I say an RV, I mean, we're not slumming it at all. We got a 38 foot fifth wheel with four slides. I mean, we're not wanting, it's got a fireplace. I feel in bad it. for you, man. Yeah, that's pretty rough. <laughs> I don't say that to brag, but it's people go, you live in an RV and I get that instant raised eyebrow going, whoa, are you guys okay? So anyway, <laughs> um, and so we sell our house, get the RV, and then Nate, the director of In His Wakes, he says, hey, would you like to come on the road with us for a couple months this summer, this coming summer? And it, we went home, prayed about it, and I was like, yeah, let's do it. You know, I, I wasn't ready all those years prior, and the anchor of a house and everything else, because uh, you can't just pack up and leave for three months uh, and expect everything to be, you know, your job, your house, and everything else to be the way you left it. So it was the perfect opportunity. We went on the road uh, all the way to uh, North Carolina and zigzagged our way back across the country with this organization called In His Wakes. Uh, the only purpose of this ministry is to share the gospel, and we do it through water sports. Wow. Yeah. So you 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 guys are enjoying that, 
And I know every year it seems like, well, what started out for maybe a couple months <laughs> has got extended. So fast forward to, well, 2022, the summer, because has that been your longest this, uh, tour, I should say? Yeah, this summer was our longest. My wife, she works for the school system, and so she can't get off till June. So, but I'm, I'm on the uh, pretty heavily involved with the inner works of Innes Wakes also. I, I do a lot of the decals on the boats and RVs and, and whatnot. And so I took an RV to Florida in the middle of May, along with the boat that we use, Centurion Boats, sponsor, well, Centurion Boats and Nautique both, Boats, both sponsor us. And they give us one Nautique, or one Centurion and two Nautiques every year. We have three teams. Uh, they give us, you know, free of charge. Then, of course, we have to give them back at the end of the season. But Bummer. It's, yeah, but it's awesome. Um, so, yeah, we, I drove to Florida, spent about two weeks there, flew home. Then my wife and I both flew to Nashville, and then we started uh, the season from there and zigzagged our way back across all the way to Oregon. When was your uh, last boating or outing with this, these young kids? Uh, I think it was the f- September first, or sh- yeah. Well, talk to me about the age of this. You know, you're sharing the gospel. Who are you sharing it to? What are their ages? Uh, actually, all ages. I mean, we this ministry primarily started out as sharing with like uh, inner city kids and foster kids. It has blossomed into uh, a lot of adult recovery homes, like. Uh, Mercy Multiplied, which is a woman's uh, home, and then uh, Teen Challenge, Adult and Teen Challenge. Uh, we do quite a few events with those, and so we got kids from you know five years old to you know seventy-five. I forget. I think seventy-eight might have been the oldest participant we've we've had. But yeah, so we we reach a, a wide age range, and uh, we've been been pulled kind of towards the adult recovery homes quite a bit the last couple of years, and that. That's really been an uh, an awesome uh, partnership we've had with uh, Teen Challenge and with Mercy Multiplied. So give me a story of maybe how you've impacted somebody. I don't know, they're 30, 40, 50. I know we have impact on kids, but let's say somebody who's coming out of a drug-addicted life. How does water skiing in this ministry affect them? What's that look like? Yeah. In fact, uh, this summer when we were in Nashville, which is one of our favorite places to go, uh, Scott Hendricks, he's a music producer in Nashville. Uh, Blake Shelton's one of his, <laughs> one, okay. of his one of Zach, so he's, he's a big deal. Anyway, we go to his place and there's a young gal that came out this year. I mean, young, I, she was probably about 30. Uh, she came out this year to volunteer. Well, she was about 10 years ago maybe eh, a little less than that, I guess, about five years ago in Mercy uh, multiplied a a home for either battered, uh, addicted, or, you know, any type of situation a woman might be in. Uh, She was going through some hard stuff. Well, this, she she came back and helped and shared with us that this event 10 or five years ago was the turning point for her because she realized she was more than just someone that was just going to go out and get a job, do this, do that. It encouraged her because someone actually said to her, you are rather athletic. You know, we're impressed how you quickly you picked up on all the, the water skiing, the wakeboarding, everything. And she went back to school, was a 
uh, athlete there, a track star for that college, uh, and it's just her life is just turned around. She now pours into other people's lives, younger kids, uh, because and she says because of our event, it that was a turning point for her, just because someone spoke into her life and that that changed her whole trajectory. It's amazing when we show love toward people, yeah. just simply love and encouragement. Like, hey, you're a great athlete. You got you learned how to water ski easily. Those are words that maybe she never heard before in mm-hmm. a previous life. So that's interesting. Oh, now I'll say one thing that uh, a lot of the adults have come out and said, I didn't realize you can share the gospel and not be behind a pulpit wearing a suit. Because we're, you know, technically, I guess you want to call this preachers, you know, but we, I, I don't, I don't like to use that word. Dean's I, a preacher. No, I love it, man. No. That's what my family always goes, hey, have preacher Dean. Uh, I'm preacher pray. Dean. It's like, come on, guys. Uh, and so we're sharing the gospel in a boat, a donated boat. We're sharing the gospel on the shores of a lake, you know, or on the steps of our motorhome that we're driving around. Uh, and, and that a couple people have said, I, I want to start a rock climbing ministry. I want to start a snow ski ministry. I want to do this. Because I didn't realize you could do this. And Apparently not, you can. And not be, I mean, I'm not an ordained pastor and, you know, I didn't go to seminary. Uh, and one of our team members did, but uh, Kev, Kevin and Emily Durham, they're out of Florida. But anyway, they're, they're quite the amazing team themselves. Um, but yeah, so that that was a cool part of it that, that you know, people... Their eyes are opened when we show up, and and they see that we're having a fun. We're having fun. We're out there on the lake, enjoying it. And you know, yeah, I love water sports. And selfishly, I could do that 365 days a year. But quite frankly, when we're on the road in the summer times, uh, I'm not in the water. I'm in the driver's seat of the boat, making sure everybody else is enjoying the day and getting loved on and fed and 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 poured into. And so that just fills up. That fills me up. You know, of course, we do go play. We, when we get an ch- opportunity, we'll, we'll we'll stop and play. But uh, it's 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 a lot of work. But it's hopefully, joyful. you're getting at least one run in a day. No, <laughs> Not, no, no. Uh, ideally, that'd be great. But sometimes we do an event, we close, uh, and at the end of our each event, every participant there, we sit down and do a closing, and they we do a slideshow for them. They see throughout the day what they did and their victories, um, and they hear the gospel. Um, and their the invitations given to them, and so that. But once that's over, and you know they're they they all hop in their buses and they go home. Um, a lot of times we gotta okay, slam it together, pack this up, put it away, dry things off, and we're we're traveling five, six, seven hours to get to the next event, you know, or more, you know. Uh, so someday sometimes it's it's event travel, event travel, event travel. Okay, now we get to play. We got a day break, so then we'll stop and stay and play ourselves on the water. Got it. How has this grown your faith being put in a position that you're put in now? Because I think we grow as we we now have to go teach and preach the word. And by the way, you don't have to have a seminary degree to preach the gospel. I don't read that anywhere. Did you? No. Nope, nope. Okay, good. <laughs> but how has that grown your faith personally or, or and or Bernice's? Yeah. Well, when we agreed to go on the road... I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then the next feeling was, what did I just agree to? Because I'm a, I'm a quiet, technically, you know, per, I guess a shy person. Um, 
And so now I've got to go out there and actually share the gospel, which, which is hard. It's amazing. That's the greatest love story ever, and we want everybody to hear it. But for me, in any way, I don't know about anybody else, but for me, it's it's uncomfortable sometimes to share that, even though it's like, wh- why is that? And you know, I you know, Satan on the, my left shoulder saying, "Hey, don't do that. You'll you'll embarrass yourself." I don't know what it is, but so this was huge. This was a huge stepping out of my comfort zone, and but it's amazing how once you get there, like my wife stumbled across this uh, saying that God does not call the equipped; He equips the called. Because you know. If you don't, it's like if you people go well. I, I'm not good enough to go to church yet. Oh, perfect! You're the perfect candidate to go to church. Then we we aren't supposed to show up clean and everything else ready to go. We need to go there. It's a hospital. We are there to get healed. To Amen. get and so, yeah, uh, it grew me tremendously because I went from not sharing the gospel very much to on a daily basis, I'm, that's my job for the summer, you know, for those, those three months. And, uh, Bernice, same way. There was a couple of times she was just sitting, my wife, if anybody's ever met my wife, there's not a stranger in the house. She's the last person to, to leave an event. I mean, she's talks to everybody. I can't go to Walmart or, or this grocery store or wherever else and not have her run to 20 people she knows. But she was, sitting on the steps of our RV one time, not crying, but at the verge of tears because she didn't want to go talk to anybody. She was petrified of what, if she was good enough to go talk to, because some of the people we meet at that host these events, they're pretty well-to-do. They, 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 they appear to have it all together and that she just thought, well, I'm not good enough to be here. Well, God, she says, God grabbed me by the by the ear basically and says, you stand up and you get out there and you go talk to these people. And, but so, yeah. It's funny. I think we all feel that way that we're not qualified enough. And I love your quote that you guys came up with, but yeah, he doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called and, and, uh, puts us in a place, but we all, I don't care how much money you make, how successful you are. We all feel inadequate. Mm-hmm. It's just our human nature. Was there a point where, so two, two remaining questions, was there a point where you felt God's calling on your life, but you weren't willing to submit? That would be question one, like you knew that. And then the last question would be, what's next for Dean? <laughs> the second question scares me. Uh, the first one, uh, can you repeat the first question? Yeah, the first <laughs> question was basically, was there a time where you knew that God was calling you to something Maybe you didn't know what it was, or you kind of knew what it was, but it was too far outside your comfort zone. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Maybe like a Jonah moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I was the reason, you know, my wife was wanting us to do that ministry for quite a few years, and we would volunteer. I was just a boat driver when when we'd volunteer in the past. But when we actually, uh, you know, I think part of me turning down whenever she said, well, we should go ask Nate, we can ask to be on you know, the team. I, my fear kept me from that. You know, Of course, I can use the, the fear of, well, I got a house payment, I got a job, I got this, I got, which I still have a job, but I just work differently now than I did back then. Because um, that was easy to say that, and then I, could feel, I, I didn't feel guilty for saying no to ministry. Um, once we sold the house, it was like, okay, Dean, got rid of that obstacle. 
Excuse. Yeah, excuse. And so I wasn't that reluctantly said, oh, okay, God, here we go. Uh, I felt God had gave me peace, given the peace to, to move on towards that, but it did scare me. So let me just say this real quick. Maybe a question for the audience, for me, for you, is what are you holding on to that's allowing you to have an excuse or justification not to move forward that you actually need to let go of? So I'm just going to let that sit, and you can continue on to your next question. Yeah. What's hmm. next for Dean? <laughs> next, next for Dean. Well, I've primarily the last 20 years or so been in software, and I'm too active of a person. I'm always constantly have to have my hands on something. So I'm, and I love architecture. So I'm in the process of building not tiny homes, but uh, I guess small homes. 700 to 900 square foot houses because this market is ridiculous. A, a young family cannot purchase a house without going into debt for the next 700 years. And so I want to create a cool small house with awesome design and affordable. You know, I'm, I, we'll see how affordable it goes with the prices of wood and everything else. But I want to make it so it's affordable for a young family to actually purchase a house of their own. And so I'm studying to get my contractor's license. I used to build houses years ago. I worked for quite a few years building houses and um, designed houses. I, I'm a, I'm a, I took architect classes younger when I was younger in high school, and I know enough to get myself in trouble. So I've designed a few houses, and, and we've built them. And, and so, yeah, that's where I'm going now. Is And I, I just, that, that scratches an itch. I, I'm a person that has a million ideas, and I never do any of them because I'm I, I don't know why, I, you know, I, that's a whole different topic for another 10 podcasts, but <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's, that's where I'm going now. We're, we're going to see if we can't bless some people with some affordable housing, but not be the typical affordable housing you keep hearing about. This is going to be cool, affordable housing. <laughs> yeah, I really like that idea because you're right. Housing is not affordable for most people right now, especially if you're a first-time home buyer coming up with, you know, money down and a $3,000 mortgage. So if you could learn how to do that, I think it'd be phenomenal. So I'll be praying for you. I'm going to be watching you. Uh, I'm interested in, in how you do this. And I know that God will find, he will create the way for you for sure. So Dean, as we wrap up, uh, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's a good way for them to contact you? Uh, I guess you could just message me. I guess everybody's on Facebook, it seems like. So you can message me on Facebook as under Dean. Dean Breitbaugh, that's, I'm sure it might be in your show notes, how to spell my name. Totally. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> so we'll put that link in the show notes so yeah. we know how to go hold of Dean. And like if they just message you through there, you could get back to them. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, dude, this has been a lot of fun. I love hearing your water skiing stories. The pictures I see on your Facebook is an early morning, like the sun's just coming up. I'm like, oh, yeah, I used to live that life. <laughs> like, that's really cool. I like, I mean, I like the idea of it. I don't water ski. Well, I take it back. I water ski about once a year. We go to Central Oregon to go water skiing with my cousin, me and my daughters, and a few other people. And it's a blast. But it's, I'm always sore, like really sore. Like, yeah, I'm not 20 anymore. Yeah, but it's a good sore. It's a good sore. So <laughs> anyway, we'll do. We'll have you back again maybe in the next nine months to a year. And we'll want to hear how these small homes are coming along and how God's worked through that. So awesome. thanks again for being a part of our podcast today. If you've liked 
this or any other podcast, please like and share this with somebody you know or you or you love. And we'll look forward to seeing you next week on our show. Until then, have a great week. <laughs>